from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. The U.S. Supreme Court won't take up the Washington Capitol gains tax challenge, and Spike's heart is broken because now we can't be selling off shares <laughs> of his. What is it? It's like seven percent of two hundred fifty. Everything over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's the number. Right. So let's all be mad about that. Yeah, because also- you know, jeez, uh, the swells are crying in their champagne this morning. <laughs> A little misty. The Seattle City Council has identified eight finalists for the open citywide seat. Spike O'Neill, I think, has the appropriate take on this. I think he knows exactly who's going to get it. I'm already planning their party. I'll be gender neutral and so don't disclose. The U.S. Attorney's Office is going to launch its own probe in the death of Manny Ellis because, you know, we didn't have a trial around that and we didn't have. Oh, wait, we did. So before we get to all that, though, there was a fire on Friday at Pioneer Square. And I saw this story. And for whatever reason, it stuck in my mind all weekend long. Because I, I saw the headline. It says, Fire at Pioneer Square Art Gallery Damages Works by Picasso. And the narrative basically goes like this. Homeless guy, it's cold, yep. starts a fire in the alleyway mm-hmm. right next to the alley. In the doorway, probably. In the yeah, doorway, right, probably. Yeah, yeah. And then it spreads into uh, Davidson Galleries. And I see that there were works by Picasso. Rembrandt were damaged. Looks like, you know, the damage could be anywhere up to a million dollars. It's a pretty big deal. But my thought was this, and I know that everybody's going to hate this take, and I know it's going to make me sound like a terrible human being. It's going to make it. This, I, I know that people are going to say, Jack, how could you possibly say this? These are irreplaceable works of art. How could you possibly have this opinion on this issue? Okay. My number one concern was for the guy. My num- It wasn't about the etchings by Rembrandt or the etchings by Picasso. Right. It was... For the human being, and I thought that's, that's based. That's that's a wonderful right, take to have. Right, but who's going to hate that take? I think a lot of, and maybe people can let me know about this. Eight 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 nine seven three five four seven six. This article in the Seattle Times goes. You know, it's it's a, all the pieces of art and what was damaged, and it's you know early assessment showed only fifty to seventy five pieces were damaged beyond, beyond repair. repair. Yeah, yeah. And and if we're all worried about the great Picasso or whatever is. It reminded me of when the Notre Dame Cathedral burned. Right. My first thought was, was anybody hurt? Is anybody okay? I have not. I don't have this attachment to things, and I think it's unhealthy for mm. us as a society to have attachment to things because entropy, time, will take away all of those things. And yet we are insistent on maintaining them and keeping them, and they all have to be pristine or whatever it is. But oftentimes we do this at, at forgetting that a hum- the, the value of a human being's life is much more than any Picasso, any Rembrandt, whatever it might be. Oh, that, right? I, that, that's a wonderful and a completely... Thank you. Yeah, Thank I, you. I got no problem with that. I think people hate me for that. <laughs> I think they do. I, I, hate, I hate the fact that you're probably right in that people don't even consider the man who was freezing to death or exactly. risked freezing to death. Exactly. Um, I, we, can have, we can have both. We really can. Because I have great appreciation for history and art and old buildings. I love that in Europe they repurpose churches in Europe rather than when a community – because there's like a church every 18 feet. Yeah, no, Europe, they're all right? restaurants, right? The no. restaurants, <laughs> they're, they're, there's, there's climbing walls built into old church facilities. Yeah, right, they're right. They're community right. centers. You know, they're health facilities. Right. They, they appreciate and respect and, and – they value the aesthetics and the historical value of old buildings. And I love that. The same thing goes with etchings. Mm-hmm. First off, I saw the story. I'm like, we had a Rembrandt in Seattle. <laughs> we, had a, we had a Picasso. And, and it wasn't well, at Sam. It wasn't at the Seattle Art Museum. Well, but it's because they, 
those Rembrandt and Picasso, they have those lesser works. Well, they're etchings. Yeah, the little things. The I little mean, this thing. This is a for sale gallery. You could, I could buy a Picasso, an etching from Picasso or from Rembrandt in right. this town. So, but the, that was cool. The the thing that I find kind of disturbing about this is that you know when I was looking at the comments and people talking about it. People were talking about the disease of homelessness that we have in our region, and they were referring to it as if, it, like, the, the inference was is that it was, like, intentional. Does that make sense, that the people who allow homelessness want this to happen? Does that Ooh. make sense? It's a really distorted and perverted view of, of homelessness That's in why the I region. don't dive into the comments section Right, like and do. I it's shouldn't do either. No. Right, exactly. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, to my knowledge, I'm happy that no one was hurt. I'm happy that not everything was damaged. And at the same time, I also think that we need to focus more on human beings rather than things. Well, they tried. They had, they had multiple warming centers and all that, and that's never. Yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. You said that last week about the, the number enough. of beds, right. That aren't available, or you know, the U.S. Attorney's Office is going to launch its own probe into the death of Manny Ellis. This is uh, for Western Washington. The investigation is like you know, the, it, Manny Ellis was killed in in 2020. Last month, a, a jury cleared the three Tacoma officers of all criminal charges. That was Matthew Collins, Christopher Burbank, the, you know, Timothy Ranke. They've been cleared. In my mind, yeah, they have. the open and shut, we're done here, right? I don't think the idea that we're not going to do another investigation, I don't think there's going to be criminal charges brought about because of it. But I think the investigation is probably going to go into policies and procedures. But why re-adjudicate this case, even at that level, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I, If I had to give my gut take on why this is happening, I think it's a salve for the community and the family. I think it's in a, and, and not that that's anything wrong with that. I think mm-hmm. it, it's it's to appease a community that doesn't feel like they got justice, a family that doesn't feel that they got justice. Mm-hmm. When when the police the police report will come out today, right from the from as a Pierce County that's that's yeah it's going to be Pierce County. We're going to wait for Kate Stone to get that information, and, and, and it's going to completely exonerate the th- the three officers. It's, it's but it's a thorough investigation by themselves. Uh, it's a self investigating report. I could see where a community would have some hesitancy to fully. Trust that, whether right, they so, should or not. Yeah, we can get into that. So Emily Langley, she's a spokesperson for the acting U.S. attorney for Western Washington. That's Tessa Gorman, by the way. She said, if that review reveals violations of federal crime statutes, the Justice Department will take appropriate action. Yeah. This is insane. This is insanity. You're going to you're going to retry these guys on federal. This is what they did to Chauvin, by the way, which I understand in that mm-hmm. case. But for these three men, it seems like this is just my assessment of it. There was a tragedy that occurred between those three men and Manny Ellis. It's a tragedy anyway. You slice it. He dies as a result of that. Uh, A jury of their peers has acquitted those three men because we have faith in our legal system. We say, okay, uh, even if you don't agree with it, which I happen to agree with it because I think the state brought a bad case. You still have to agree with the idea that the law was, moved through to the fullest extent was was fairly applied fairly Justice applied was fairly sought exactly and, okay exactly here's my only pushback on that is that they're looking for federal crimes and there may be differences in statutes between local county state and federal charges and guidelines when, when they couldn't convict on murder or manslaughter charges which were the two options available right secondary murder and manslaughter mm-hmm. um there may be crimes of failure to follow procedure that could be brought about by an ins- by an investigation from a federal level. I mean, if you clearly they didn't murder or manslaughter, 
But were they guilty of of breach of procedure? Oh, his civil rights, maybe. So, 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 yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I guess. And, I just feel again, like it's really reaching. And, I guess, and it, but I, again, I think it's to make the community. It's to sad the right, community. Right, but like think about it like this: that that poor family is then going to get their hopes up potentially again, and it's going to be agitating and aggravating to their grief, and then they're going to get disappointed again. If we go through the whole nine yards, again, we're talking... And, right, and nothing comes of it, yeah. Right, again, we're talking about the, potentially the 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 Western Washington uh, uh, Attorney General attorney looking, office, yeah. looking into... U.S. Attorney's Office. U.S. Attorney's Office looking into the death of Manny Ellis. And if they do find additional charges, then these officers are being sacrificed to the... Exactly. ...to the community's hunger for justice? Exactly. And so that's mo- that sounds like mob justice, right? If we're going to keep digging and digging and digging and digging until we find something that we can stick on these yeah. guys... That sounds really rough. Yeah, they didn't I, wrestle cattle, but their saddles were out of code. <laughs> Get just, the lynch mob. I'm just yeah. saying, man, It's it, to me it seems as if you can disagree with the outcome of the case all you want. You weren't on that jury. Right. And quite frankly, more people should want to go to jury duty instead of trying to get out of it all the time, like well, me. There's some truth in that. Which is, by the way, every time I get called for jury duty, I go, <laughs> <laughs> I got COVID. <laughs> so, Prove I don't. All right. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court won't be taking up uh, the Washington capital gains tax challenge. They basically said that they're not going to review Quinn v. Washington. That is a lawsuit that's challenging Washington's capital gains tax. Again, 7% tax on profits gained from the sale or exchange of stocks, bonds, or other investments, or tangible assets above $250,000. People also hate my take on this. I don't care. I don't, you know what I mean? It just, it to me, it's like, if you sell that amount in stocks, it's 7% of $250,000 is what? Do you know what I mean? It just, oh, 18000 something like that. I, I hate this thing where we're all like temporarily embarrassed millionaires and we're like, oh, as soon as I get my monocle that's, and my that's, top hat, that's as soon is. as I yep. sell my $250,000 worth of stocks, I never want to have a 7% tax. It's like, I, I just don't, I, I have no sympathy for it. If I had $250,000 worth of stocks that I sold, I would be happy to pay 7% tax that goes to schools. It just seems to me like there's this weird thing where people say, any taxation is bad. Well, there's and, the state constitution says they will not have an income tax, and that's what the case. That's why the case was taken. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I understand. I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's but, but my whole point is that is that this idea that that people with money are somehow burdened. Like I pay a lot in federal income. I pay mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of, of money. I still live a very comfortable life. Am I wrong for having Laura? I make a lot of money. Am I wrong for saying? I'm okay with the amount of taxes that I pay because I live a comfortable life. Like yeah, I think that makes perfect. We live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> right. Thank like, you. I would like people to be educated. <laughs> I would like schools to be funded. Right. I would like sidewalks to be fixed. Yes. I would like roads to not have potholes in them. Well, like it would be great if these things would happen when we right. pay for them. I would like to pay. I would say four or five percent less in income tax to the federal government because I'm in the highest tax bracket. I would mm-hmm. like to pay a little bit less. But this conception, like, so Spike, in my heart of hearts, I don't think I've ever told you this. In my heart of hearts, my political leaning is anarchism, in which we have no overarching government telling us what to do, and we just participate in our own little communities with people that we love and trust, right? Okay. That's in my heart of hearts. In the same way that other people have fantasy worlds that they build for themselves (laughs) and live in, I have that. I have this idea. It's very Randian in a lot of sense. It's very Atlas Shrugged, where businesses are moral, and we understand that government is bad, so on and so forth. But because we don't live in that world, 
I understand that in reality, there's a certain amount of money that needs to go into maintaining a healthy society. You're, you're, is it a pragmatist? Is that the, we, when you somebody who understands that it needs to be this way for us to all function forward as, as, as a functioning society? Oh, I would say it's, it's more objectivist, really, okay. which okay. is like, okay. I, I would say that it's, I understand that that vision in my heart of hearts where we're all little anarcho-capitalists yeah. and we all, we're all our own little business and we all get to, that, that world only exists because the implication is that all people will be morally good and right, act do the right thing and do the right, right thing right. but we have to teach the slowest kid in class <laughs> so we can't have that nice world you want right this is what i'm saying yeah, no, i hear you and so I hear you. In, so in a lot of ways because i recognize that that's not true i see that there are benefits or programs out there that legitimately do help people and help people to live better lives that's why i'm fine paying taxes i hate this idea that all of a sudden that because what was the percentage of people in Washington who were going to end up paying this? It's like 3% of people in Washington right. State. It's basically nothing. But, and but, everybody <laughs> lost their minds over because it. Because 85% think they will be someday. You said it earlier. Dude, it, I yeah. got this dream of being a millionaire. Don't take away the magic carpet before I get well, there. But if you are, if you are a vet, okay, so like Dr. Z is a millionaire, right? The man is, is a literal millionaire. What, he, you would imagine that Doctor Z would be the kind of guy that's like, oh yeah, no, this this is a this is insane. I can't believe he's fine with it, and he doesn't even live here. Right. So you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I hear you. That guy, he lives in a state where where his income is taxed at like thirteen percent on top of the federal income tax. I don't understand where there's this like weird uh, uh, aversion to to paying tax. I I understand that people don't like it. I don't like it either. But you know what? I hate more than that. Like I, I seeing people. It, in utter despair with no way out of right, that. Right, right. And so the haves and have not society right. we've built. Well, we talked about this kind of last week off air, just you and I shooting the breeze, about how we have this antiquated system of tax loopholes. We do. Because, because when taxes were 70% on the upper the uppermost bracket, people needed ways to have tax deductions to reinvest in their companies or whatever it might be. And you needed all these loopholes. Now we've got a lower tax rate of what? The highest is 30%, 29, something 35. like 35. 35. And, but so we're not paying 70 anymore, but all the loopholes are still there. Right, exactly. This, this total deficit so, of income right. to the federal so government. So this is what happened. If so again, we're talking about the capital gains tax, but if I can give people just a little bit of a little bit of a political theory lesson, taxes, American tax code. What happened? Why is it so bad? And why is it that so many wealthy people don't pay taxes? Well, Back in 1984, Ronald Reagan had this really great idea of restructuring the tax code. And when he did so, his initial idea was, well, let's have, it was something like, we had something like 12 brackets of tax, of taxation, mm -hmm. right, depending on your income. Right. And he said, well, let's get it down to three. And then eventually they settled on five. Now, at the time, you had a middle class which was slowly being eroded taken away mm -hmm. due to neoliberalism, which was sending manufacturing job, jobs to Mexico and overseas. Right. So, production flight, which is why they right. wanted to drop the top tax rate. I right. get it. So what ended up happening is that in in lieu of having that middle class tax bracket, that the bottom basically fell out. And so now you have this kind of bifurcation where you have people who basically make nothing who pay a tremendous amount in taxes and you have people who make an ungodly amount of money and they basically pay nothing in taxes. So there's this weird system that we have in the United States, largely because the middle class has been entirely gutted because the middle class used to be production jobs, which we no longer have. And again, you can thank Ronald Reagan for that. I think that in order to fix this system, whatever problem we have with it, you have to get to a, a space where people aren't so 
hesitant about taxes because they see a return on their investment. That's really what people want to see. That's, I'd love to see that. But right. what we got to get rid of is lobbyists who help write tax code. I might even I mean, say the propaganda outlets out there that tell people that their like their tax dollars go nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I might even say that that is the really frustrating aspect. Misinformation and fear bait. Right. So yeah. like Elon yeah. Musk is a great example. That guy's taken a ton of money in, in subsidies from state governments and from federal governments. Bezos, I mean you name it. All mm-hmm. these these titans of industry that we see, why are they why are they able to navigate the the, the heavy taxation burden in the United States? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I hear you. The, the magnets of previous eras would have to mo- put their money into public good. Right. Like museums or rail Stanford, or Stanford, Carnegie, right. Rockefeller. Right. They had to reinvest their money right. to save their money. And, and this generation is building rockets to leave the planet behind <laughs> after they decimate it. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, I saw so many things over the internet that were so hilarious to me, including there's this video that was released by, the, by somebody who actually they sent it to the Trump campaign. And then Trump played it at a rally. Okay. And it is so funny. It is so good. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. The internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is terminal. Online. Terminally online, exploring the deepest, darkest reaches of the internet so you don't have to. Before we get into this Trump campaign video, that was really interesting breaking news that Kate Stone just brought us about the three officers in Tacoma voluntarily leaving, being that, you know, that the, 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 supposedly because they use the standards that they were supposed to use in 2020. Right. But now the department has different standards. Right. And so now they're going to be voluntarily leaving their position, even though they were found not guilty of murdering Manny Ellis. That seems like a kind of a, I'm curious if they were encouraged to leave in heavy quotation marks. I I can't, if they were encouraged heavy quotation marks, I don't, I can't imagine it was a hard conversation to have or a hard decision to reach by the officers. They will be sought after given the national shortage of law enforcement officers. These guys will have met the standard of not excessive force used in this particular case Mm -hmm. indicated in a court of law by jury of their peers. They won't have any problem. Fine. It's terrible that they have to uproot their families. I imagine they probably didn't want to leave this, this department in Tacoma. Yeah. But given the fact that the community's trust in the department is at stake here, I think it's another move to help salve the pain and uns- and, yeah, and okay, doubt but, of the community. But, but, I mean, but Spike, this is, is clarify this for me. If someone's pain is wrong, if they are incorrect in their determination, is that valid? Right? Meaning that perception they, is reality when it comes to public opinion about the trust in a police force. Um, you're right. It's not right. It's, no, it's wrong. Well, They've been yeah, vindicated. Yeah, no, I understand. But from my ears, it kind of sounds like you're advocating for mob justice in that sense. Because the community disagrees with the outcome. These three men have to lose their jobs. That seems like kind of an unfair standard. I, right? I, I, I agree. It's completely unfair. Thank you. But it is, is it in the best interest of the department moving forward to not have to push this rock uphill? Okay. And it is in the best interest of the officers to not have to work within a community that doesn't inherently trust them. I mean, it's the wrong thing to do, but right for all—it's for all the right reasons. Uh, it, it, I think it works. On, I think it works on every front. Okay, so let's just say this hypothetically. Let's say that uh, we have John on the show, right? Mm-hmm. John Curley, my good okay. friend, 
Hypothetically, because I don't want to actually have that. Hi, John. Hi, John. (laughs) So, uh, and John says something that is inflammatory, incendiary. It's a spicy meatball from Mr. Curly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then let's say a bunch of people write letters saying, you need to fire John Curly. And then let's just say that John gets suspended for like a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and upon review, they people detract, you know, and actually what he said really wasn't that bad now that we understand the context, whatever it might be. And so John now gets to keep his job. John may have caused pain within said community. Yeah. And do we then say, well, for the good of this station and for the for moving forward and for the fine listeners of Cairo Radio, John is going to be voluntarily leaving. That's kind of an unfair standard to it, place it's on. Comple- it's a completely unfair standard. I've been the victim of that exact situation that, before. This, that's my point, though, my guy, is that when we when we say to people, your however you feel about this dictates the way that we operate. That is a that is not the way that parents operate with children. That's not the way that spouses operate with each other. That is an unhealthy standard to have. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give you that, and that's you're not wrong about any of that. But then I would also say that the trust the community has in a department, a law enforcement community, the trust that the city of okay. Tacoma has yeah, in no, their law I, enforcement, I understand. Okay, is let's, paramount. Let's back up like two steps here. Let's okay. So I don't have another point to make. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay, that the, if we're talking about Tacoma. What you're talking about, let's ballpark it. How many people do you think in Tacoma actually don't trust Tacoma Police Department? If you had to percentage it. I I venture to guess it's probably, given the city has a rather large minority community, I bet 35 to 40% of the community doesn't trust law enforcement. So now we take shelter in the minority and we say that because 30% of the community doesn't like cops, we need to acquiesce to that 30%. That's a high percentage. 30%? 30%? And it is, it's a, it's a guess that's um, it's a gu- just It's made. a guess. It's a so. guess I made. Yeah. I, I know, but I'm and just I, saying. I, at that point, I would still say yes. I would still say that 30% of the community matters. They deserve a police force they can have faith in and trust in. Okay, Spike, this this standard is just like, you're. I, I feel like you're just completely blowing my mind on this. I feel like I'm getting stun-locked, like in Pokemon, you know, no, when I, they got I, shocked I and they were like, what well, are you talking I, about? I think that the Tacoma so, Police Department came to the same ex- assessment I did here. Okay, so, okay, let me personalize it then. Ed Troyer, do you think mm-hmm. that Ed Troyer should voluntarily leave his job because he, quote-unquote, lost the trust of the community in Pierce County? Or is it different because you know Ed Troyer? But th- both those things are true. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, no, I, like, no, I, you, I hear you. It's, it not, it's not the an, right thing. I get it. No, You're, but so if it's not the right thing, why advocate for it is the thing that I'm saying, right? If we, if you know that it's wrong and we are, we are capitulating to the presuppositions of a group of people who have a predetermined thought about the police department in Tacoma already, they already don't like cops. How already. Do you, how do you regain trust? Like in an ideal world where there was some version of like coming back together as a community mm-hmm. and... Work getting that job, getting back out in the community mm-hmm. and successfully doing that job and rebuilding trust in the community. How do you do that? Are you asking me? Like yeah, how, I'm asking both of you. With like with like those three cops. Do you in think that they can go or? straight from this trial back into a squad car, or does something need to happen first to ease that I, transition? Okay, so there is a thing that has infiltrated certain communities, which is this idea that all policing is bad, regardless of what form it takes, right? Okay. And so those people, there, there is no rectifying that Not, with Nothing those we people. do can make those people trust the police department. ACAB, right? There's nothing that you can do. Like, it's a, it's a deeply held philosophic belief. There's nothing that you can do, right? So in terms of reintegrating those three police officers, 
for their own personal safety, I might even say that they probably couldn't be in uh, uh, like in squad cars for at least six months up until the the people move on from it, or they would have to. I think what's going on largely within minority communities is because there is such a feeling of be, of an adversarial relationship with the police that there really is no rectifying that because it's been so ingrained or ingratiated within that community. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think steps have been taken across the country of every department we can name to have taken steps to help ease that tension and that lack of trust, whether it becomes a more inclusive police force, mm-hmm. higher standards of recruitment and acceptance for police officers, a redefinition of what acceptable force is from 2020 to sure. today. Sure, it's sure, already sure. been done in Tacoma. Sure. All these things, these are all steps in the right direction. But to Laura's point, how do you get these these three officers? Will they ever be able to become trusted members of the Tacoma Police Department again with that community. I don't know you, that they can. You never really answered my question about Ed Troyer. Do you think that Ed Troyer will ever be a trusted member of his I don't, community? I don't, I don't think it's a fair analogy to make because Ed, uh, Troyer, Ed Troyer was accused by one guy in a he said, he said moment. Right. Whereas these three officers were, to whatever degree, responsible, involved in the death of a citizen. Okay. That's, it's, a, it's a quite a different scenario to make. I'm not so sure about that, though, because technically, that, I mean, the, you, what you're basically saying is that some people believe that Ed Troyer lied and that he's lying to this day. And some people might say, let's say it's 30 percent of the population in Tacoma and Pierce County say Ed Troyer can't have this job because he's lost the trust of the community. It's an unfair standard, whether it, it's Ed it, Troyer it or those three cops or whatever it is. And to to encourage that is actually contributing to the racism uh, and against I, and I will own fully my hypocrisy and prejudice Thank you. in these in this example. Thank you. I, you, you gotta, That's all I ask. When I when I gotta own it, I gotta own it. <laughs> That's fair, man. That's based. I appreciate you calling me out. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can with the little tiny fat savage heart I have. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what I like. It's about, a big heart, but it's fat savage. You know what I like about you, O'Neill, is yeah. that you and I can have these really heavy conversations, and I still like you afterwards. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Just a little bit, though. We'll take a really quick break. We all nearly froze to death. I think in order of freezing to get to death, it goes me, then Laura, then Spike. Because Spike spent all the last two days just in his home with his little dog. I, I did make one foray into the great frozen outdoors. And I'll tell you what, ha- I actually saved my neighbor from a big issue. Right. Big issue. And I froze to death. In the comfort of your expensive apartment. Puget Sound Energy asked us to use less electricity during the historic cold snap. I'll tell you and what we I... we burned the notice. <laughs> Stay warm. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Ah, yes, our Twitter. Laura, what is on our Twitter today, Mayhap? What shall you be posting on our Twitter? I would love for people to tweet us their freezing cold in the (laughs) weather stories. Because I nearly froze to death. In my very expensive apartment, my Mr. Moneybags, you know, floor to ceiling windows, which was a huge mistake now that I realize it. No, 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 because, no. I, I'd stay the course. Right. So I'm in my apartment, and on Saturday it got to what, 18 degrees, I think, if, or in some places it was like 14 degrees. I mean, it was just miserably cold. I found uh, in my neighborhood we had like a five degree drop within an hour and a half of Wow. I mean, and it went from low 20s into the high teens. Right. And I was like McReady in. Uh, the thing I was all bundled up and I was like <laughs> frost in the beard frost in the beard yeah. and I was like handing my non-existent friend some Jameson and I was <laughs> I mean, it was just that so final, bad yeah. so but what I got was uh, I got a tweet from Puget Sound Energy uh, saying hey make sure you remember to use less electricity 
because it's going to be cold. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at my little infrared heater that's just trying its little heart out. It was like the brave little toaster. It was really trying to... I'm, t I'm trying, boss. I'm trying to keep you nice and warm. Yeah. Don't die. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Hang in there. And then I'm, Spring's coming. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, did they do the thing where they automatically lowered the thermostat in my apartment? Because I'm like, there's no way. I've got the thing cranked up to 80. It's freezing in here. Yeah. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say, I'm not like, ew, it's 64, I'm cold. It was freezing in my apartment. So I go over to the the air vents, and I'm standing in front of it, and it's just lukewarm, nice, like oh. a nice Hawaiian breeze coming <laughs> right in. And I go, I'm upset now. I am mad. Did your apartment building roll back the overall I think they might capacity have. I think that building? they might have. I th I'm not sure. I think that they might have. And then th that night was awful. Sunday was awful for me as well. But I think that the 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 thing that I'm grateful for is that at least I had somewhere indoors tubby. Here. And so that was really nice because I did see a guy. I saw a homeless guy walking down East Lake because I'm looking out my my window like I'm Jimmy Stewart in rear window. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just spying. Yeah. What is the civilization up to now? Right. <laughs> I see this guy and he's walking down East Lake and he has, you know, the monster energy drink double double yeah, size big, big can. with a yeah. screw off top. Yeah. He's got one of those and he's got a bottle of vodka and he's got a bag of corn nuts and he's holding oh. <laughs> and he's walking. Well, at least he's, you know, he's on his way to a warm party somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, it's a housewarming. And he's got a winter coat. Oh. He's got a winter coat on and then he's got, the, he's doubled up on the winter coats and then he's got his big backpack. And then I see he's got garbage bags tied around his shoes oh. and I'm seeing him. And the weird thing was, is that, he was kind of like, uh, and I say this with all due respect, it's like the survival mechanism that he had at that point in time was kind of admirable because he was really, really putting a lot of effort into surviving how cold it was. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm not sure that if Monster Energy Drink and vodka is going to keep you alive for, but if the Russians can do it, then <laughs> that guy can do it, right? It was that's, pretty amazing. That's pretty based. I, I, I hate to even admit this, but I saw a gentleman on the way to work today. And I, I didn't stop because I didn't have I didn't have anything in my car. I actually looked around. I was at a red light when we left turn. You got a shirt on, Spike. You I got do. two of them on. Um, this guy had um, this guy had slippers on, or um, like beach slippers, like Crocs. Yes. Well, no, an open-toed summer sandals and no socks. Yeah, it was a homeless gentleman. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking, my God, if I had, do I have any socks in here? I, I had no cash on me. Mm. I had no socks on me. I had no. I had, didn't have a blanket in the car mm. that I would. I would have given him open willingly. Yeah, yeah. You know, but and I was. I was at a point where I couldn't stop and deviate and make a, even hit a ATM or anything to go back and help this guy. That's so sweet. So, but but I want you know I wanted to get into work. I feared the wrath of Brian if I got here late today <laughs> after a four day week, a three day weekend, whatever. Right. Uh, and I. My, I'll tell you real quick, what happened to me this weekend was I was making one run. I left the house once all weekend, made a grocery run for the family. Mm -hmm. I'm coming back up my street, and there's literally a river of water in the, the gully or the gutter of my street. I'm thinking, is my neighbor washing his car? This guy washes his car religiously. Whatever, No matter what the weather is doing, he washes his car. Rubs it with a diaper. Pretty much. But I, but <laughs> I pull up to their house, and he's not washing the car, but there's a river of water coming out from the garage door. The entirety, the width of the garage door. Wow. So, and I, I called his phone to me and I said, hey, are you home? No, we're up at our cabin. I'm like, well, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, okay. I said, listen, let me go drop the groceries off. I called him right back. 
He gave me the code to his garage door. I opened the garage door and f- a four-inch water wall. No. Roll, yes, rolled out of his garage. A little wave. I mean, I mean, it, was it, was like literally. Sh- it was like in The Shining when it, the elevator yes, door yes. was open. <laughs> and it was four, you could tell on the bottom of the garage door, it was four inches deep in his garage and rising because a water main had broken in his garage and was filling his garage. And I mean, caught in blankets, or not blankets, uh, carpets that were on his garage floor f- flowed out into the driveway. <laughs> it's like, Ju- like Jumanji. Did your eyes turn into lasers <laughs> in dad mode it as was the water well, you know, we, uh, washed over your socks and sandals? <laughs> I, <laughs> you just went yes, in. Right, short socks and sandals. You know me well. No, we. I had him on FaceTime. He told me where the watering was. I shut the water they main were off. Dad voicing at each other. Oh, totally. From from three, and he was home within a couple of hours. I helped him put a new cap on the line. Blah blah blah. The Iowa caucuses happened exactly how everybody thought it was going to happen. But there's some funny sound bites in there. For example, Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out of the race. The news outlets had an early call in Iowa. I wonder why they did that. Something called math. Never heard of it. And if they stole the election in 2020. And it was that easy. Why won't they do it again? Why hasn't anybody asked Donald Trump this? Well, I'm going to ask Donald Trump this hypothetically when we get back right after this.